Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond, and I want to thank you for joining me today for another episode I have my best friend on today, someone that you might already be familiar with, someone I've been trying to get on this podcast <laughs> forever. I have Sarah Raymond with me today, the voice behind all the amazing meditations that are on our channel, The Mindful Movement. And I've been trying to get her on for a while, and she's just a real busy lady. But she um, worked it into her calendar today to grace us with her presence, to chat about anything that I choose that I want to chat about. She wanted a plan and I purposely did not give her one. So I think we're all going to witness Sarah a little bit outside of her <laughs> comfort zone today, which is exciting. I get to see a lot of Sarah behind the scenes that you are exposed to, obviously, because we've been married for 17 years and we live together. But for a lot of you, you might just know her as like this voice on YouTube that brings, that like allows you to just cultivate more peace in your life. And I think if you're watching this, you've probably already heard her. And I know I can speak for myself and probably for a lot of you out there. We're just really grateful that there's a Sarah Raymond in the world. Um, especially times like this when we all could use maybe a little bit more peace in our lives to have a tool that we could rely on to help us find that from inside is just amazing. So thank you personally for what you've done and how you've helped me. And on behalf of our listeners, I think there's a lot of people out there that would also like to just say thank you and how grateful that they, that they are for you and for what you do and what you put out in the world. Without further ado, um, Sarah, say hello to the Mindful Movement podcast audience. Hello to the Mindful Movement audience. Do you need an introduction? No. <laughs> um, thanks for making time, Sarah. So I, I thought it'd be nice to maybe share just a little bit more about yourself to the audience to give people context maybe of how wh how you got to a point where you go into a small soundproof closet every week <laughs> to record by yourself early in the morning before anybody's awake, usually, um, and put out this content that seems to have just such a, a further reach than we would have ever expected when it all began. How did you get to that point? Okay, uh, I guess I could start with how I got into meditation in the first place and um, Aside from having a YouTube channel, uh, I was introduced to meditation um, in my hmm, early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, I guess. Uh, 
and I was using it as a way to help me find clarity in terms of what I wanted in life. Uh, at that point, I felt like I had just kind of gone through the motions of what was expected of me and what, what I was supposed to do. You know, you go to, well, for me at least, I went to college, that was expected of me, and then you get a job and then um, <clears throat> start a family. And, and I did all those things and had a career and I just wasn't really finding that I was fulfilled and I was always looking for the next thing. And meditation helped me really connect with who I was and what I wanted and the feelings that I was experiencing that maybe I uh, was naturally pushing down. So that's how I found it. And I think that's the primary uh, use, I guess, or um, benefit that I get is a, a stronger connection with myself and what I need and want and desire. And it gives me clarity. Um, so that's, I, I would say, how I started practicing meditation and then the YouTube channel I think was more of an accident. Um, <clears throat> I had started a podcast with the intent to interview other people in the mindfulness community so that I could learn from them and you know get the message out, get information, educate people and inspire people on the on the topic of meditation. But I quickly found out that I wasn't really that great at interviewing. And I could have probably gotten better, but I had at the same time started the YouTube channel. And really that was a way to put um, <clears throat> meditation practices out for, uh, at the time it was for uh, Pilates teachers and training that I, was, that I w was working with so that they had an avenue to uh, use the practices the way that I did to find clarity and to develop, um, you know, an inner an inner conversation. Um, so really, it was just a way to deliver the messages to the people that I was working with. And I wasn't intending to uh, have this big YouTube channel or a business around it. Um, so that kind of happened accidentally, I guess. So it got to a point where I guess you felt more like a chore to do this podcast and you weren't, it wasn't really fulfilling because you didn't think you were doing good. And I guess for some reason, for whatever reason, you didn't feel inspired to try to get better at it. It just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like you. Well, I would say that I have a tendency to uh, take on more than I can actually handle. And so I had taken on this podcast and this YouTube channel and also I was running a business, a, a Pilates and yoga studio and teaching and mentoring teachers. So, and family and, you know, all the things, and it was too much. And I came to a, I guess, a crossroad or a point where I realized I could only get better at either creating this YouTube channel, which was growing pretty well, surprisingly at the time, or I could get better at being an, a podcast host and interviewing people. I couldn't really do both. And they were both fulfilling, I would say. I don't think I was uninspired to be a podcast host. I just didn't think that I had the time to really devote to hone in on that skill. Yeah, I remember it being like a surprise. Like there was, you know, this, like the front burner was this new project of the podcast and the YouTube side was this really kind of side thing. And mm -hmm. then it was almost like, oh, look over here. Look what people were saying about these videos. Listen to this feedback. Right. Look how many people are viewing this video. Like, how did they even find out about it? Yeah, we weren't doing any marketing. And people would say things like, you know, keep this up. This is good. <laughs> Subscribers will come. Yeah, that's and, true. Um, and we kept on getting those little you know, drops coming in into the mindset of like, oh, let's just keep chugging along. Like maybe there's something to this. Right. And then, I don't know, after six months or so, it seemed like, oh, the dial's starting to move on this. Like it started to grow faster and faster every month. Yeah, I remember 
you know, you're more the numbers person in this partnership more so than I am. And I remember, you know, I would put a meditation out every week. I had committed to, I, I think at the time it was like every Monday or something. So I, I committed to every Monday and I did that very consistently. And then you were looking at the analytics and saying, you know, this is growing. Even the ones that you put out initially are, are still getting views. And you kept looking at the analytics and saying, you know, you can see this upward trajectory and I just, you know, I just kept putting content out and I didn't even really go back and look at the analytics until much later. Yeah. But you were motivating on that front. I was. It was interesting. I was reading the comments every day and I felt it almost like it had a therapeutic effect on me. Um, yeah. I know that at the time I was going through a lot of personal struggles. This was around the time I quit um, drinking. Where, where anytime you quit drinking, you start to see like why you were drinking and what you were soothing, what you were hiding from yourself. So you get all this shit that just kind of bubbles up. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you, you see all the things in your life that you're not real happy about. And it was emotionally and mentally like a challenging time for me. And I remember just the act of reading all the positive comments yeah. would create like a chemical change in my brain like it would be a mood changer and it was hard it was almost surreal thinking there's these people all over the world that were touching in this such a positive way yeah. to the point that they feel compelled to share these amazing experiences and sometimes just send us donations out of the blue which was really mind-boggling to us and yeah um, one of the most you know rewarding sensations you can get is when someone gives you a gift completely unsolicited like that right. it was a very powerful message to us from the audience that we were getting that and we took it as a sign that we're on the right track let's yeah. keep doing this and what else do people need and what are they suffering from and and usually the things that would come through in like writing our ideas were just things that you know, we're suffering from and things mm -hmm. that we need. I know that I haven't, uh, you know, you write the vast majority of all the meditations and I write some of them and all the ones I know I've written seem to come from me putting on paper what I need to hear myself to get me through whatever suffering I'm in at that time in my life. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that you experience that too when you sit down to write content? Uh, sometimes I think, you know, it comes to me during my own meditation practice. And um, I know that I had, you and I had both been going to um, a meditation or a yoga facility that offered meditation retreats. And um, during those meditation practices, you know, feelings would come up or emotions or visualizations and a lot of times I would use that experience and you know expand on it in the meditations that I would write or I would find that I neglected my meditation practice for some time and then I was realizing okay I'm feeling overwhelmed I'm feeling anxious I'm you know these things are triggers or reminders for me that okay I need to get back into the practice that you know refills me and so I might write a practice that, like you said, is what I need in that, in that time. Gotcha. I have done a few paintings that were in response to meditation practices as well, but they're not really that good. <laughs> you mean like something that comes up in when you're sitting on a cushion, or whatever, that makes you think of something you want to paint? And then, yeah, like I've, like I have experienced, um, you know, colors or, or shapes or like a, an image. It's not necessarily like a flower or a tree or a person. It's just abstract and it just stays in my, my visual field during a practice. And so I'm like, I don't know if you call it looking at it, but I'm seeing this, this image and it just stays there. So I'm like, okay, I think that'll be a painting. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So much to learn about you. <laughs> I'm not keeping it a secret. It just has never come up. <laughs>
So speaking of practice, I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, forms of meditation, styles of meditation. I think on our channel, a lot of what we put out is, um, I would say, uh, either hypnosis based or affirmation or like visualization based guided meditations where, um, you know, there's some type of task, like there's a, a thing, a concept that's being maybe worked on or, or practiced within there. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, some forms of meditation, the task is trying to eliminate tasks in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's a, a big spectrum of there of things that could be fit on like, um, the table that is just meditation, like sure. all the different ways and how it could be used as different tools in your life right now. And I know this changes, it fluctuates for me a lot. I go in phases of what I'm like practicing at the time, Like, what's your practice look like now, both in like a specific, like an actual meditation practice and, and maybe just like a mindfulness based practice. Like what are you working on? What's, what are the things that you're thinking about through your day where you're leaning on a mindfulness approach to like navigate whatever that activity is or, or concept that you're working with? Uh, that was a very layered question. I, I make really long <laughs> questions. I try to stretch my questions out as long as possible. Well, you did a good make, job there. I do there. it to make myself sound smarter, but I think it's really just... That's a lie that I'm telling myself in my head. I don't actually sound smarter. I just think I feel smarter when I have so many words to put on my I'm doing it right now. You're, you're lucky that you're adorable and I love you. Uh, so let me start and see if I can answer the more formal practice question. So um, currently, and like Les, you know, mentioned, this changes. And, and I try to be fairly fluid with what I'm doing and allow it to change based on what I might need. Um, because I know that if I try to force uh, consistency or regularity, uh, that can be problematic for me just because I'm not really listening to what my own needs are. And I think that for me, that's really important because, you know, I give and give and give and I'm a mom and a wife and a daughter and all the things that, and I love to, don't get me wrong, I, I give a lot. So this, this practice really is uh, for me and I need to listen to what I need in order to uh, gain benefit from the practice. So that being said, currently uh, I have a tendency to uh, have a lack of focus <laughs> currently. So uh, I like to move first get kind of the blood flow in, get loosened up. Uh, so I like to do a little bit of either yoga, Pilates, or just gentle stretching and move. And then when I do come to sit to practice meditation, um, generally some type of breath practice um, works well for me or something that calms the nervous system. So I do a lot of like self-massage, like facial, neck, uh, that type of thing. And it's really brief. I mean, this could be you know, maybe 20 minutes of movement and then, I don't know, two to three minutes of self-massage and then um, and then going into breathing practice and then meditation. What kind of um, breathing practice are you into right now? Uh, again, because I find that my focus is a little bit scattered at the moment, I'm not sure, you know, what that's about exactly, but happens to be that way this time at the moment. Um, I like to do something that helps me to focus. So it might be counting inhales and exhales or um, like we've done on the channel, um, four, seven, eight breath. That helps to really draw my attention from outside of my body to inside of my body and slow my thought process, the sort of scattered thought process down. Um, that's one example. So um, something to get you focused. Yeah, like something that is is generally, uh, like you mentioned, task-oriented. I know that that feels sometimes opposite of meditation, like you're just being and not doing in meditation. But um, in order for me to get to that state of 
being. I need to like do things to, to get there. And then what? And then so you move, you massage, mm-hmm. breathe. you sit, you breathe. Mm-hmm. And then are you listening to something? Are you just focusing on your breath? Are you trying to just vanish into the abyss? I would say it depends on the day, the time, my mindset. Um, if I'm really having trouble focusing, I like to listen to something guided because it, you know, it directs me a little bit. Um, even though I have practiced meditation, I know how and what to do. It, it just helps to have a little bit of guidance and to kind of let go of the control of the practice. Mm. Um, and I feel the same way about movement. Like I, you know, I teach Pilates and yoga and I, I know what to do and how to do it. But, you know, if I'm teaching classes or private sessions all day long, the last thing I want to do is <laughs> the same thing for myself, you know? So it, it's like a, it's a bit of freedom and a way to let go of um, my job to let it be for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, th- I, I don't know if I've ever thought about it in the way. I think it's a really oh. good point that a lot of folks have a tendency to control things in their life. And I've never thought of the idea of being able to to have a guide in a way is letting go of control and turning that mechanism off which you know i guess it would open up for some vulnerability yeah yeah let someone else be in charge for you know some time it's it's interesting because um molly our our daughter and i i don't know a couple years ago went to a workshop uh, that was um, meditation and painting and the woman was that was teaching it, she's an artist and a, a therapist, and um, she had us kind of going out of the box. And so when I paint, I'm, it's a, I'm a hobbyist painter. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do it as a way to um, just have some creative flow. I'm not like an expert or anything. But anyhow, uh, I like to, you know, make something that looks like something you know i do a lot of flowers or um uh, leaves trees that type of thing nature but like i want my painting to look like something so in a way it's very controlled uh but this woman said um if that's your tendency let's do something that's out of control in a way so you know the the painting that i uh, worked on during that workshop was very abstract and I used like a um, you can tell that I'm not really a, a professional painter it was one of those for the uh, record Sarah's done some really beautiful paintings <laughs> they don't all come out beautiful they don't all but come some out of them beautiful. coming out you know, very it's, um, nice so anyhow I was using a palette knife not even a paintbrush and I'm like you want me to use this tool to like make art but at the same time it was very freeing because i was able to let go of the control of the need for perfection so i take that mindset into my practices as well Hmm. oh it was a little bit of a tangent but there was a point to that story (laughs) no yeah definitely what other practices are you doing now i mean you're still really busy a lot busier than I am. Um, like <laughs> we're I busy doing different things. Yeah, we're busy. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't. I would say you don't have as much time in your day to say, "What do I want to be doing in this time? How do I want to allocate this time towards myself or towards my kids?" Or like, there's not as many opportunities for you to plug in what you want mm-hmm. at that time. So, with the more limited time that you have, whereas I have a little more freedom, I could kind of do almost whatever I want to some degree. So like if I wanted to do something and it was going to take an hour, I could do it. Whereas you don't have quite the freedom these days and that luxury, which makes the time a little bit more valuable. I would say though, I don't do well with that much freedom. Wow, what does it turn into? Like it turns into like Netflix, nothing. Yeah, it's popcorn like popcorn and Netflix. <laughs> well, you are giving away my secrets here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, I, I feel like I thrive on a structured schedule. Otherwise, like you said, it turns into like, you know, a day full of when you look back at it, nothing. And granted, there are some days that I really need that. And I, you know, it refills my energy uh, source or what have you. But then, you know, if I weren't, if I were to have anything on my calendar every day, then those days would just happen so frequently where like you're very regimented about, you know, your workout practice, your breathing, your meditation, like you're very diligent and committed and I find that I'll find every excuse in the world to not do whatever, you know, whatever that thing is that is not on my calendar. That, like, I, I mean, I even will schedule my practices. You know, I have on my calendar, um, I think most days at 7 a.m. movement meditation and my mindset practice, which generally happens with journaling but I literally have an appointment on my calendar otherwise I wouldn't do it so given that then are there any other things like outside of um, work related things Mm -hmm. what else are the things that you're trying to do on a regular basis other than like the meditation practice what you explained like in the in the morning when you're doing your stretching and your breathing and your your meditation, what other things are you making an effort to, to work into your day? Well, um, I've been walking a lot more over the last year, I'd say, just for enjoyment, not necessarily for exercise. Um, are you listening to stuff when you walk? Or are you just listening to the birds? Um, are you on a book? Or I usually have something plugged into my ears, whether it's a podcast or an audio book, or a lot of times I just enjoy music. Um, so there's usually something plugged into my ears, unless, you know, like if I'm walking with you or um, Molly or my mom, then I tend not to obviously have something in my ear and we're chit-chatting. Um, I, walking, anything else? I have a house plant. Hobby? Is that what you or call it? An addiction? Some would call it an obsession, addiction. <laughs> Those are words that come to mind. Yeah. Well, it brings me joy. Like, I I find it to be therapeutic. I don't know for any of you out there that watch our content, whether it's the podcast or the movement videos. There's always a plant. There's always a plant. So we we live in a, a house that for eight or nine years, never had probably more than like one or two plants. Yeah, well, you would bring plants in and then not take care of them and then they would die. I thought plants just knew how to (laughs) be good plants. Maybe outside when they get rained on. I always bought (laughs) bad plants that didn't know how to be good plants. So they gave up being good plants under my watch. Mm. Had nothing to do with me. But over the last couple of years, yeah, you got into the plant thing and has really mm. beautified our house. Um, I'm really grateful for it. I love having the plants and I love not having the responsibility to <laughs> keep them alive. I love that you are finding it like therapeutic, that process of managing the dirt, the light, the nutrition, whatever they need. It has been a learning water. process. I have let a few plants die on my, on my time. Yeah, plants, it's a interesting thing. I mean, we like to garden. I remember I had a garden at like a public plot where you, you know, kind of rent a garden plot at our last house when we lived there. It was like nearby, very close to actually where we both grew up. And um, you know, they were, the garden's been there for like a really long time. So you'd be able to kind of mingle with the gardeners and some of them have been at it for 30 years plus. So there's a lot to learn. And I remember one of the first days, you know, we're there. I think they had the kids with me and, um, you know, we're working the land there. And, uh, you know, it's probably like a 500 square foot plot. And one of the like master gardeners comes up and they're just chit-chatting. It was a nice community they had there. And his tip was something along the lines of, you know, the first year of gardening is really just like a learning lesson. Right. And then... The second year of gardening is really like 
a learning lesson. <laughs> and the third year gardening, and you get the idea. And, uh, yeah. and you know, he's obviously had it for a long time, and you're just still kind of learning. And so, yeah, it's a process, but it's really been nice. First of all, it's kind of transformed the house. Because mm. how we went from having a plant or two. How many plants do you think are in this house right now? You, really you probably know exactly. I don't. I don't know exactly. Um, I mean, I want to probably guess 100. I, yeah. I don't Over know. 100. So that's a lot of plants. 100 maybe, plants is a lot of plants. Maybe too many? I don't think it's too many. I am curious if there's more room. Like, you know, it, it forces you to get creative. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, well, you start changing the framework and yeah. how you're approaching a question. Like, you know, where else can a plant go? Or look well, at this corner. Like, how can a plant fit in this if space? If you remember, in our bedroom, we forever we had our dresser on one wall, and. I just had this idea to move the dresser under the window on the other wall and just instantly we had room for probably 10 more plants right in front of the window. And it's nice to see. I know you have, um, I don't know if it's like a subscription, but one of these plant memberships where you get plants. Oh, I had to cancel that because I have too many plants. Oh, too many plants. So for a while there was like a monthly delivery of like a mystery plant or whatever and Sarah lights up when it's kind of a running joke in the house, like when a box is gets delivered because we're always having deliveries now for obvious reasons. Right. And when when there's a box that's big enough that it could potentially be a plant delivery, Sarah perks up, and um, it's nice to watch you do that. And I'm grateful that for that you're doing it because we all obviously are benefiting from it. So I appreciate it. So you've gotten into plants. So walking, planting. I probably would like to be painting more, but I guess the inspiration hasn't been striking too frequently lately. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything else that you want to fit in that you're like juggling the time slots mm-hmm. now to see how you can? Or I mean, we've been trying to take a you know quick trip here and there, but that's difficult at the moment, and maybe a little bit more traveling down the road or. I mean, I, I think probably a lot like a lot of people nowadays were missing a in-person community and interaction that way. So eventually, you know, I'd like to be able to build that a little bit more. But Great. it seems like it's a tough time to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, the weather is changing here. The season mm-hmm. is changing. I find that. You know, going into fall just seems like creates this, like a sense of like going inward more, like mm-hmm. quieter, you know, more sleep, more rest, mm-hmm. um, days are shorter. I feel like it's a good time for people to go inward and do more inner work. Mm. It's um, So, you know, a lot of our audience tunes in to what we do for that. It's a part of their inner work, whether they're listening to meditation or doing a movement video or getting a quick tip of maybe changing the way they look at something that they're dealing with in life, maybe something that's stressful. And maybe we could take a moment to go over the things that are maybe on the horizon that are like what's available Mm. for people that are listeners that want to take additional steps on their like inner work and maybe sure. want some guidance if they if they do like the content that we're providing and they want a little bit more whether it's in a group format or individual there's some things that we do offer now and some I think really exciting things that are on the horizon maybe this is a chance that we could just chat about those sure so if you listeners are out there okay with that then we'll do that sounds good um, so what's been available that I think is an extremely powerful tool, it might not be at a price point where it's accessible to everybody, but for those that are interested on in one-on-one work, um, what's nice about that is the way that you seem to be able to customize your your guidance for someone that's trying to go through some type of personal growth or self-improvement or Mm -hmm. cleaning up some childhood mess or whatever 
something that's blocking maybe them from getting a, a belief system that kind of works with them as opposed to against them, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, the private sessions that you're doing, maybe we could explain for those listeners out there that haven't gotten that or maybe don't even know that we offer that, that you offer that. Sure. Uh, maybe we could kind of paint a picture of what that process looks like for someone that's thinking about it or interested. What does it entail? Okay. Um, well, the hypnotherapy sessions uh, are generally around two hours, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter, but that seems to be the, the average. Uh, so during the session, we discuss what the issue is that the client that comes to see me would like to work on. Sometimes it's very cut and dry. It might be depression, anxiety, OCD. It might be smoking cessation. It might be uh, releasing excess weight. So those are very cut and dry. So we know that the issue is, let's say, anxiety, for example. Uh, so once we discuss, you know, what the triggers are for those for that uh, issue, the the situations that cause the symptoms of anxiety to worsen. Uh, we might talk a little bit about childhood relationships. Uh, then we'll discuss what uh, what you want your life to look like without that issue of anxiety. And that's where we'll start to build the framework for the transformational recording. Uh, and then that's all kind of in the first 20 to 30 minutes of the session. And then the remainder of the session is a hypnosis uh, or you're in hypnosis during the re- remainder of the session. So I would guide you into a relaxed state. And then I, I like to think of myself as a guide for your subconscious mind. And you're going through all of the past experiences from generally childhood, although sometimes it goes up into um, later years. And I'm guiding your subconscious to find the beliefs that you formed about yourself that are causing the issue and in this example of anxiety that you're experiencing today. So can you give an example of what that looks like? What's a what's something <clears throat> that maybe people they might not have experienced but they could relate to, they could understand like how those dots would be connected? Like what's uh, something that is so, somewhat generic and common? Sure, sure. If we're thinking about anxiety, uh specifically, someone might have had an experience where uh, as a child, um, their mother, totally making this up off the cuff here, (laughs) their mother might have uh, pressured them or had very high expectations for success and for the control. and, And don't get me wrong, that mother meant well and was trying to do the best that they could as a parent and don't think i'm criticizing all parents um all parents are pretty much the worst uh so so this client might have had a memory of an event where um they were taking care of a dog and the dog pooped on the ground and the mother freaked out. And so that individual saw that their mother was angry and then was ashamed because they didn't take care of the dog properly. You know, it can all spiral into this belief. So as a young child... I love that you work dog poop into this story. I don't know. It just just came up. I don't know. Of all the things. That would have been the last thing I would have guessed you would have chosen. All right, so okay, it could have been spilled milk. I don't know, you <laughs> so know, didn't like clean up the dog poop. Mother comes home, is upset, right? And, and a belief so, system is formed or entrenched or like re. So in that in that scenario, it might be that you know I'm not good enough. I'm not, I can't take care of a dog. I made my mother upset. Or it could also same scenario. The belief could be more like um, in order to make sure that my mom is happy, I need to stay in control and make sure all the responsibilities are met. So same scenario could have two different belief systems. And really both of those two different belief systems could lead to anxiety. 
doesn't even really matter what the belief system was that was developed. But let's say you were, I don't know, seven year old, seven years old when that happened and you developed this belief and now you're 47 and you still have that same belief, but it's completely irrelevant because you're not seven years old anymore and you and don't you hate dogs and you don't know why. <laughs> right. You hate dogs and you don't know why. Oh, this dog, dog <laughs> scenario. Um, so well, you're, you're this acting... is why you should tell me what you want to talk to me about on a podcast <laughs> no, so no, I can come great. up with a better example. So then you're an adult and you're working out of this framework that's that built around developed. belief systems right. from this thing. And from it's when like, you're seven years old. So you don't need those. Just like we wouldn't want advice from our seven-year-old self or something. Right. Like we, so, And you, you don't want to like rewrite the history... It's really about changing your relationship with yourself right. relative and, to that experience. And when you see that those beliefs were formed when you were seven years old and now you're 47 years old and you don't need those beliefs anymore. They Now, granted, they served you well at seven years old because they kept you out of trouble and they kept your mom happy and they helped you to learn, you know, responsibilities and yada, yada, yada. But now you're 47 and you don't need to be, you know, worried about what your mom thinks of you and to make sure you take responsibility so that you don't upset her and, and all the whole list of things. So when you recognize what the belief is that's driving the issue, right, the belief is really running the show. So when you recognize what that belief is, then you can let go of it because you can recognize that you don't need it anymore. And then even more powerful is to form new beliefs that are better and more powerful and help you to live the life that you described to me in that intake session. So, And does that all take place in that one like Zoom call or... Yeah. In the span of two hours. Um, and then once you, so we found the, the scenes from your past that have um, caused you to, to cause you to develop a belief about yourself that are causing the anxiety. Then you've released the beliefs. Then you, so what we would do is take the, the new beliefs and make a recording with them. So it's a generally about a 15 minute recording unless there's some sleep issues then it might be a longer recording that's helping you to go to sleep and then so even though all of this happens in the first session which is around two hours I would say that that's probably like 25% of the work and then the next 75% of the work happens after the session in which case you're listening to the recording and you're planting the seeds of your new powerful beliefs and um, making a change, experiencing a transformation. It's really powerful. And I'm going to, I have a couple things to mention to this from my personal experience. I mean, I already um, mentioned earlier about the quitting drinking. And I remember I tried to quit drinking for like a long time. And it took me a long time to realize why I wasn't able to do it. Like I quit a bunch of times for very short periods of time, you know, a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks, once or twice. But there, it was eventually after I really tried to like examine the self and why I was having trouble, it was like, I just, I didn't believe that I could do it. Like I didn't, I didn't have the confidence to believe that I could actually do it for the rest of my life. So I couldn't really get past that because I didn't really believe I could do it. I was definitely in my own way. And the re so once I knew that it had nothing to do with alcohol, it had to do with confidence. So once I could identify like, this is a lack of confidence in myself, then I could meditate on confidence. And mm. I, listen, I remember I listened to a confidence-based hypnosis about every day for about a month and it made it so much easier because within a short period of time I was just building the confidence in my ability it's not that I didn't want to quit it's just I didn't know 
how to believe in myself to do it. Sure. It was very helpful with that. And then I remember when you learned this style of hypnotherapy where it's designed to have this very impactful transformation over a very short period of time, one session, you know, maybe in rare cases, a second or a third, that you did a little barter. Like you, we were out in LA for a week, you were doing a workshop on this style and you were working with somebody. And I guess everybody, when you left the certification, like needed practice. Mm -hmm. So there was like some barter where it's like, you know, I'll work with your mom, you work with my husband kind of thing with the friends you made there. And I was fortunate enough to experience that style with one of the girls, I forget her name, that you Brandy. Brandy, that you went to the workshop with. And I you know, I'm open to it. I do I've done hypnosis, but I didn't think that much of it. And then uh, you know, we had it on the schedule. I get in bed put on the headphones and say hello. And, um, you know, she starts taking me through this thing. And when you just let go and make space for like, think something to arise, the thing that you need to have arise will arise. Like, mm -hmm. it's amazing how much we will hide this stuff from ourselves. I remember mm -hmm. within minutes, like I'm, a four-year-old on my doorstep the day my father is walking out of the house like the day of my parents separation which is da, 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 you know at the time like 36 years ago which I had never really think about right. was just like right there and I, I'm in that experience but I'm in that experience as an observer and Brandy had me like embodying my four-year-old self and then being an observer and then being me at the time, I guess I was 42, mm -hmm. like being 42 year old me in that environment on the doorstep, with my mother, my father, my sisters, and seeing me as a child and being able to say like, it, because I, I, you know, first of all, got me to realize that a lot of the beliefs I have now were born from that moment, like that moment that like, oh, dad's leaving, what's mm -hmm. going on here? And this sensation of maybe abandonment, I'm not good enough, mm -hmm. I'm not worthy of love, if my parents loved me, they'd stay together, like whatever crap is going to arrive is born out of that experience. So first of all, you're, you get to see like, oh, that's where this came from. But then you could tactfully, when someone's kind of walking you through the process, say, well, look, you're 42 now. Like, look at your beautiful family. Like, look at the things you have in your life. Like, you could tell your four-year-old self, like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Like, you don't need to feel that way. And here I am just kind of waltzing into this phone call appointment, <laughs> like, oh, this will be interesting. And it's like, boom, it's kind of, it's not jarring, but it's, it's profound. Oh, yeah. It's a profound experience in a very short period of time. And all the guide does is kind of make space for you to do what ultimately you know you need. Like, right. the, mm -hmm. there's an inner wisdom that we can't outthink. Like, if you just make space for your body to heal what it needs to heal and you give it room, it knows what it needs to heal from. Right. And, and it, it's, well, it's a great tool. I would add also that I think the beautiful, profound part of the experience that you're describing is that when you have a, a skilled guide that can help you to bypass or move beneath the thinking conscious mind, which is like lo the logic uh, and get down into the subconscious mind where your emotions reside, then you can look at this scene from your past that might be very familiar. Like you, you know that that happened when you were four and we're having this conversation, you could describe it, but in, a sta in the state of hypnosis with a skilled guide, they will help you to see the emotions and that's what's really powerful that we don't get when we're just in conversation in our logical thinking mind 
Like, what do you mean? Like, use my experience there. Sure. I mean, the way you described it did include the motions because you had this experience already. But logically, you could say, well, I don't think I was really that affected by my parents' separation. You know, like, I still had a roof over my head and, you know, I, I did see my mom and my dad and... You know, I remember having weekends with my dad and we had a great time and I went to the beach with my dad and I remember that and, you know, everything's fine, right? Like, we've had this conversation before. Everything's fine. Like, my parents still get along, but there was still this underlying four-year-old who wanted your parents to get back together. Like, even... I don't know, two years ago, the idea came up. <laughs> I'm like, they're not, they're never getting back together. Yeah, I remember for like decades, I just assumed, oh, my parents will get back together. Oh, right. That's so silly. It's so silly how a child thinks. Right. But like, logically, you're like, I don't think that separation really affected me and who I am and the decisions I make and the beliefs that I have about myself. But, of course but, it does. but emotionally, of course, it affected you. And in the state of hypnosis, that can come forth, right. right? Like you, you like, you know, the logical mind is kind of like the armor and mm. we've removed the armor to get down to the emotions. And that's what really, like emotions will always win over logic in terms of making a decision. Right. Yeah, that's being seen now with like all the fear and how people make weird decisions right. with Right. You know, like, like for example, theater. I'll give you my own example, and I think I've shared this with you at least. But um, logically, I know that sugar is not good for you. It's inflammatory. You know, I won't go through the list of things that uh, it's not good for. But anyhow, I know that sugar is not good for you. But I have a sweet tooth, and there's a store near us that we go to that um, a grocery store that they put the cupcakes on your way to the checkout line. So on my way to the grocery store, I'm like, okay, I'm not getting cupcakes today. They don't make me feel good. I know sugar is bad for you. I'm not going to get them. And so logically, sure, I can say that all day long. But emotionally, I go into the store and it's just like habit, right? And when I eat them, I'm like, oh, they're and they're comforting and they like allow me to kind of escape from reality for a minute and then they're gone and I'm like oh what did I do (laughs) you know but like that's the emotions driving the show so that emotion will win over logic Hmm. so that all being said I think that was a a really good snapshot of like what the process of getting that session is so if you are curious about that then you can definitely reach out to, to sarah and schedule it um i don't it's not something that people regret um it's not for everybody it, it definitely can be a a tough a trigger, like it yeah. can be it can be challenging it's work, it's work yes yeah. it is work don't do it if you're not ready to work if you want yeah. a quick pill if you want a quick pill to fix problems, our channel in general is probably <laughs> not the right place. Um, you know, all, all the things that are probably worthwhile, you know, re- require some type of commitment, dedication, or, yeah. and work. But I think when you reframe your beliefs, reprogram your beliefs, then the commitment to those things that are really valuable and the the diligence of doing the things that you need to do come more easily. Oh yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I think I've mentioned that a lot throughout mm-hmm. the podcast too, that like when you're really clear on your values, the things that are driving your decisions, then the steps along the way become a lot more matter of fact and the conflict in the mind that we we face with things like sugar, like eating, do I eat, I wanna eat, I don't wanna eat, I shouldn't, I want like all that stuff kinda dissolves the clearer you are of like why you do anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said, another thing that we offer that is in that category of kind of identifying what's important to you, whether it's like the qualities or the values that you want 
to be dictating your lifestyle. The course that's been out now for probably a couple years mm -hmm. is a, a great place to do that for those that are more maybe self-motivated that want to follow along with yeah. a course, like a step-by-step -step kind of algorithm of um, identifying what changes that you kind of want in your life mm -hmm. and then just getting some guidance as you take those steps. It's not as individualized and personalized, but it can be really effective, especially if that's your style. Some people, I think, really thrive even more so on that when yeah. they have um, that type of kind of project that they're faced with. Um, another thing, another type of coaching is, um, and it's not available yet, but I've been coaching a certain way for quite some time, and I am going to be opening up a few spots to do um, remote coaching, and that looks a lot different than Sarah's style of coaching. Mm -hmm. It's more, uh, it follows the same idea as the course, that you start off by um, some self-observation, some identifying of values, you know, kind of visualizing how you want your life to be. It's definitely health-oriented. Um, so if, again, if you're looking for a quick fix, it's not the right thing. If you're like, I'm willing to take steps. I know, I don't know exactly where I want to go. I know that I don't want it to be a continuation of what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what steps to take. Um, and I need some guidance on that process. Then my style of coaching might be really suitable where it's generally a five week process where each week you get a phone call with me and those calls are going to be around 75 to 90 minutes. They're going to go over quite a bit. So we kind of break things into four different categories. It would be mindset, movement, nutrition, and recovery. And we just analyze like where, what your practices are now within each of those categories what's a desired outcome like what's the direction we want our decisions to point and then identifying what's the appropriate step for you to take now given all that information based on where you are right now and and it's different for everybody mm -hmm. because some people could take a more aggressive route where they're like i'm at a crossroads where i'll do anything and I'll do everything at once. So if you tell me to do these five things for this category and these five things, I just want to do it all and do it right. And I don't find that that's the most common scenario, but some people Sometimes are like that. Sometimes you just need some baby steps. Generally, people need baby steps. So each week you'll have like a new step that you're kind of working on within each category. And we try to make it where we're really working on like the lowest hanging fruit, the things that are the easiest to implement that seem to have the most kind of bang for your buck. Like for instance, I'll give you an example. If, um, if your sleep is really off, well, mm -hmm. there's so much benefit from improving sleep because it, it has such a far reaching um, it, like interaction with all the other components of our life. So if you could you know, make a small change that increases the quality of your sleep by you know, 20 or 30 minutes, over the course of 100 or 200 days, you're, you're a different person from that. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a profound change that you can create from that little thing. So what we yeah. try to do is we take each category, those four categories, and we try to tweak the dial on something from each category so that you're changing the course very slightly, your trajectory, for each category. And then there's this synergy that, mm -hmm. you know, weeks or months down the road, you're in a completely different place because you've changed right. your diet a little bit and your sleep a little bit and your recovery a little bit and the way that you think about things and the way you approach and it's very effective for those that are open-minded to new ideas they want to do it a different way than they're doing it now and they just want help going through those steps and that's generally a five-week process and then usually you're good um, and then if you want to revisit 6, 12, 18 months down the road, you could do another five weeks and just kind of build on your progress. So mm -hmm. that should be available shortly and uh, that'll be on the website. We'll send something out to let people know. It's probably only going to be limited to two or three people at a time. So um, 
I just ask to be patient if there's not a spot <laughs> for you. Um, but you do get a lot of my attention. So I pour myself into you. It's very individualized. It's very specific. It's a very long phone call. There will be exercise routines given. They will be custom for what your needs are. There'll be maybe video transmission for that. And then there'll be also check-ins throughout the week. You'll have my cell phone number. You could text me pictures of your meals, whatever's needed. It'll be um, a very customized approach. Also on the horizon, which I think is really exciting because this is uh, probably of great, not of greater benefit, but a little bit more thorough than like listening to one of the current videos that we have now, but not as expensive either monetarily or time-wise for your individualized session, but there's going to be a workshop. So this is more oh. of a... I was waiting to hear what you were going to say. I didn't so know you were Sarah's going to be providing about. a workshop for <laughs> listeners, and I think there's going to be a discount that we'll have for any member of the Mindful Movement. And if you're not aware, there is a membership that you have some exclusive content that if you haven't checked out yet, please do. It's a great way to support the channel and the community. Um, but that is going to be nice because it makes it a little bit more accessible. It's going to be much lower price than getting a one-on-one -on -one session with you. But there'll be a group Zoom session that is still somewhat customized because there'll be a, a theme for each one. And they're right. a lot longer than, you know, the typical weekly guided meditation that comes out on the channel. Do you want to touch on what that would look like? What, sure. What? So the, the one coming up um, soonest, is that a word, soonest? If it's not, it should be. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, the, the next date coming up will be a group hypnotherapy workshop for uh, specifically for anxiety. And we picked that uh, specifically because it seems to be a hot topic right now. Um, I think there, I don't know any statistics off the top of my head, but it, it's one of those... Um, most, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it, and it's the, probably the most requested and most viewed topic on our channel. And it, it, I would say the majority of the clients that have come to me in the last six months have some underlying anxiety as an issue that they want to deal with. So that's the first topic. And uh, it will be a group session. However, it will be very similar to what I described from the... Uh, individual session and uh, it just won't be personalized for the specific person. Uh, Will people still be able to work on something specific for them? It just won't be discussed but they could go through correct. the inner dialogue of it? Correct. So it, because it's a webinar I will see the participants but the participants won't see each other and uh, so you'll be doing this work on your own uh, from comfort of your own home or wherever you decide to do the session. Uh, so there'll be, uh, I, get, I would say, three sections. So first section would be kind of the digging or uncovering of the belief system that you formed. And then there'll be time to journal and write what you, what you uncovered, what came up for you. And then uh, beyond that, then will be reframing or reprogramming the belief system. And in that situation, um, the participants will have an opportunity to um, write an, an affirmation or a, like a statement, a new statement of truth so that their uh, new belief will be included in the recording. So in a way it will be personalized, but um, you know, not quite as personalized as if you were to do one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and I've done these in, in person uh, when we were doing things in person. Uh, way back in the day. Way back in the day. Uh, so one of the questions that, that, has, that always comes up that I just wanted to kind of dispel the, the idea, uh, the question is, well, what if someone's belief isn't what I believe? And the answer is that your subconscious mind will really only hear and listen to and believe what you believe. So, you know, this is, a, again, a not real example, but if, let's say... It's about dog poop. It's not, not about dog poop. I'm never going to live that down. Uh, so, um, let's say we're in a group and someone 
you know, one person wants to uh, reduce their weight and one person doesn't because they're already, you know, thin, maybe they have health issues and they don't want to lose any more weight. Um, and I say something about reducing weight, that person that doesn't want to reduce their weight will almost like ignore that statement. So it works in groups, even though it works. Yeah. It's a great compromise. I think it's tremendous benefit. Yeah. And there's something to be said about, even though it's not like, you know, the community of being in a room with a bunch of people going through it, just the knowing that there's, you know, maybe dozens more people at that same time mm -hmm. working on the same type of stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a sense of connectedness that I, that, that can still bring, even though it's through mm -hmm. Zoom. Um, so hopefully and, down the road we'll be able to meet in person again and yeah. we'll do workshops or retreats. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. But it's a great, I think it's going to be an outstanding tool for people, for the listeners out there that want to take a little bit deeper dive and, um, you know, it's just a lot more accessible. Um, the scheduling of the one-on-one -on -one sessions is, you know, limited. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a way to reach a lot more people. So I'm excited and I'm excited to be a part of it. I want to be on that call and uh, go through it. Um, anything else that you want to touch on today? You told me not to plan, so I didn't <laughs> plan, which is uncommon for me. Well, yeah. to the listeners out there, um, I just want to extend deepest gratitude for all the support and for your listening today. I appreciate you guys. Just keep tuning in. Um, appreciate all the feedback I've been getting. I do ask you that if you do feel like this is um, providing value for you, then please just share it and maybe you can inspire someone else to take a positive change in their life. If you have a request for someone you'd like to hear more from, send it my way. I'll do my best to, to get them on the podcast if I think it's uh, you know suitable for our scenario. and. If you would be so kind to go to your podcast player and leave a review, I'd greatly appreciate it. I want to thank you all for listening today, for tuning in, and hopefully that you, you stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. And thanks again, Sarah, for showing up today. Thanks for having me. And getting in front <laughs> of the camera. It's just great. And, um, you know, I personally thank you. I'm grateful that I have you in my life, and I'm honored to be a part of your life. I'm grateful for you as well. Yeah. You make some really good dinners. <laughs> I, am the, I am the house cook here. Well, again, thanks again, listeners. Um, I hope you have a terrific day.